0: Well, hello everybody! It is Wednesday. It's one o'clock, and this is chatting with Chap, and I'm your host Ginger Wade. I'm glad you could tune in with us today. My papers are like just falling everywhere. Today's Q and A day, so what that means is we are going to answer the questions that we've seen come in through Facebook. And through our contact form, which I'm going to pop right up here in the screen, you can use to connect with us through staff at chaponline.com uh, or comments that I have seen, that I'm seeing pop up a lot in um, Facebook groups or um, on our own posts on the chat page. So um, I have a little collection of eight that people have been um, asking over the past month, so I will share with you about those things, so let's get started. Okay, so we had a question come in, it said, where can I get information about homeschooling in Pennsylvania? Well, if you aren't familiar with CHAP, you can go to chaponline.com, there's a lot of information about CHAP there, You can also go to our knowledge base, which is homeschoolpennsylvania.org. So it's all spelled out nice, big, and long. Pennsylvania, all smashed together in one, .org. And that is where we have information about the law. I mean, the law is there. You can just read the law. And then we have um, broken it out into pieces with some helpful videos and comments on each page. And we are... Continuously working on updating that and keeping it um, tip top for you, and uh, so that's where you're gonna want to check it out. You can also stay uh, in tune here at our Facebook page at Christian Homeschool PA, and uh, so that's where you can find out about homeschooling in Pennsylvania. Second question was where can I find support groups? Well, one place to look is to go to chaponline.com/resources. So um, that is a really great, the resource page on the chaponline.com page. If you have not looked at it, it's great. I mean, you can find evaluators, testers, support groups, all kinds of stuff on there. So if you're looking for a support group, you can go look on that search engine. You can also ask around on Facebook. There's lots of homeschooling groups out there. I'm sure you guys are members of some and if you can just, if it's a broad, like see there's some that are just for central PA, but some that are broad for the state. If you put in there, hey, I'm from this area, is there anybody from this area or any support groups in this area, please let me know. Um, people are very willing to share uh, what they have near them if you just ask. So again, chaponline.com slash resources will get you the support group search engine. Okay, our third question was about compulsory age for PA. We get this all the time. Currently, I don't know if any of you new homeschoolers are aware of this, but it used to be eight. And um, a year or so ago, maybe it's even two years, they changed it to six. Uh, so right now it's six. And what the law says is that when your child turns six, like the day your child turns six you your homeschooling, you're supposed to file an affidavit. The challenging question comes, what if my child turned six in December or May or February or sometime other than right at the beginning of the school year? Well, um, that's when it gets a little hazy, I guess. According to law, you should file the day your child turns six. The thing is, a lot of school districts are not interested in receiving paperwork after the first two weeks of school. So many school districts do not want you to file um, unless your child is uh, 6, right around the beginning of the school year. And last year the Department of Education uh, put out, the Pennsylvania Department of Education put out something on their webpage that said you do not have to file unless your child is 6 by September 1. So technically, that doesn't go with the law, but that's what they said. So if you want to listen to an in-depth discussion on it, chat with chat number 89. Um, it's me with a green background behind me talking all about this issue. I explain it very thoroughly, so you can check it out there. Dawn messaged and said, curious, on another page, people are saying that medical and dental forms are to be submitted according to what HSLDA states in regards to PA law. So what I understand about that, Dawn, is that if your affidavit attests to it, that is proof that you have it. Now, you should have all those forms at home, including an immunization exemption form. I keep them all on file at home. A lot of school districts ask for them. Uh, What I always say is I attest to it in my affidavit, and that is the proof. The attestation in the notarized affidavit is the proof. Um... But if they do ask, they press for it or if they send you a certified letter, then you have to give it. So usually what happens with me is I say I attested to it in my affidavit. I have everything on file at home and nothing else is done. So um, that's what I know, Dawn, about that. So and Dawn says yes. So she was agreeing there. So question number four, how many days must I track for kindergarten? Well, here's the thing. Kindergarten in Pennsylvania actually is not a compulsory grade. And the interesting about thing about homeschooling is we don't actually go by grades, it's by age. Um, now we normally equate an age with a grade, which isn't necessarily healthy or accurate for your child. So, um, so just keep that in mind. Kindergarten is not compulsory in the state of Pennsylvania age six is what's compulsory. So I just talked about that in the previous question about the compulsory age in Pennsylvania. So if your child is six now before the school year started or right around september, like I have, I have one who a child who was born September 1st. So that's the beginning of the school year. So, um, I had to file on that child when they were, when they turned six or eight actually, because the law was eight then, but it's six now, six. So, um, anyway, uh, once your child is six, you account days. Now here's the thing. If you're not filing because your child is six in February, then you don't have to count days. You, you count 180 days when you file an affidavit. So if you're not filing an affidavit because your child turns six halfway through the year, then don't worry about it. Just do the year and have a nice time. Uh, so that's that. Uh, So can I do K if I don't file an affidavit? Absolutely. Technically, I mean, if your child is a genius or say back when the compulsory age was eight, we only started filing on our kids when they were in third grade. We certainly wouldn't wait till they were eight to do kindergarten. So just because the compulsory age is six now does not mean that you wait to do kindergarten when your child is six. You, if your child's a genius, your child could be in fourth grade when you start filing on them at six, you know, um, it's just an age when we're supposed to start telling the state that, hey, guess what? We're homeschooling. So you can absolutely do kindergarten. You can do kindergarten when your child is three, Whenever. I mean, and honestly, moms and dads out there, we are homeschooling our children or educating our children. It's really education, not school from the day they're born because we're teaching them stuff all kinds of stuff, and when they're little, we're teaching them more like life skills, you know, how to function, eat, breathe, drink, you know, well, they kind of know how to breathe on their own, but you know what I'm saying, um, and then we start doing some academics as they get a little older, but it's all learning, it's all learning, so absolutely, teach your child K, if you're not filing an affidavit, you, you go for it, so, um, And just keep in mind, like, our state requires an affidavit, and we're, you know, we have evaluators and stuff. There's other states that don't require those things, and those children are learning. So it's not the affidavit that makes the magic start time for doing education. You're constantly teaching your children. So just go ahead and do it. Uh, And if you're wondering about the compulsory age thing, again, chat with chat number 89 it might not come up on your phone it comes up as untitled on the phone but on a computer all the titles to my chat my chaps are in the video library on Facebook so you can check that out okay number six how do I become an evaluator and a tester so an evaluator if you ever saw I have a number of evaluator videos out there too if you scroll through our videos um, the, the really short explanation of becoming an evaluator is you have a PA teaching certificate And, um, you've been either a public school teacher, private school teacher, uh, you have grading experience for two years at the grade level at which you want to evaluate. So technically I could be an evaluator. I do not have a teaching certificate, but I have children of many ages and I've graded for many years. So I could write a letter to my superintendent. No, someone who wants me to evaluate for them could write a letter to their superintendent saying, hey, I'd really like Ginger to be my evaluator. And if the superintendent said, yeah, sure, then I could do it. Uh, So my suggestion for people who want to be evaluators is to make sure that you understand the homeschool law and what the role of the evaluator is and what it is not. So if you would like to know more about that, I suggest you watch Chat with Chap episodes 118 and 119. They are both evaluator interviews with some very bright and wonderful evaluators that I know and they thoroughly explain, we discuss and explain the role of the evaluator in the homeschooler's life in those two episodes. So if you're thinking about becoming an evaluator, check that out so you understand what your role is in in the, um, the homeschooling process. As far as becoming a tester, really, um, you just kind of put it out there. Hey, I'm willing to proctor. You set up a space. You tell people that you're going to do it. You order the test. You charge them what you're going to charge to do it. Cover the cost of the tests, or if you want payment for proctoring it, whatever. Um, and and you do it. And, and people can come. There's a lot of people doing it online now, but people do still like to do the in-person pencil and, and paper test. Uh, you can list yourself as a tester or an evaluator at chaponline.com. So you can check that out, send your information into staff at chaponline.com. If you want to be, again, that resources tab I told you about earlier, chaponline.com slash resources, right here's our contact form. But uh, you can let us know if you are an evaluator, if you'd like to be a tester. So if you have a PA certificate, and you want to be an evaluator, you just kind of tell people that you want to be an evaluator and you just do it. So, um, I do suggest that you watch the, those two episodes that I was talking about, about being an evaluator there. So, uh, that's that question. Number seven is why does the CHAP affidavit not have the medical attached any longer? So if you had a prior to last year version of the affidavit, it listed all the things, you know, all the requirements all the medical stuff and all the, Uh, law-related things. And then on the back, a teensy-weensy print on the bottom, it says enclosed or attached is objectives and immunization forms or medical forms or whatever. And we took the medical forms line off because the affidavit itself, like I said earlier, when Dawn asked the question, attests to the fact that you have medical records in your home. So we took that off because you do not need to attach those forms when you hand in your affidavit. The only thing that needs to be with it is the objectives. So um, so that's why the only thing on the bottom there is is objectives. Because the affidavit takes care of the proof or the attestation that you are taking care of your kids. Which of course you are. So um that is why we don't have that on the back of the affidavit any longer. And you will notice, or maybe you won't, that we have the full notary section. There were some uh, notaries that were a little frustrated with some of the affidavits out there because they don't have all the necessary lines for notaries to fill out to legally do their thing. So ours is all that it needs to be. It's all set up real good and it's it's totally ready to go it's a good affidavit to use and that is out on um, homeschoolpennsylvania.org you search for affidavit it is out there I'm going to pop up on the screen here again the contact form if you have any questions you want to send in to us I welcome your questions and I'll answer them on Q&A day so I did have one more which uh, was interesting I was not expecting it, it says where's the keys to homeschooling I'd like to buy a copy of it so if you're new to chat and you have not been around us for a while, uh, we had a document called the Keys to Homeschooling. It's a really nice spiral-bound document. had all the information, hard copy, the law, how to do everything. It had the affidavit form, objectives forms, all that stuff in it. And what we did with the keys. Is we actually turned it into homeschoolpennsylvania.org, so it went from being a hard copy document into being a website that was easily accessible by many people. So currently, our our keys document is actually outdated. It needs to be updated. So uh, if we get the folks who are interested in helping us to get that updated, so we can have hard copies again, that's a possibility. So if you're interested in and helping, doing some proofreading and updating of our keys to homeschooling. We would love to have your help, uh, but that is what happened to the keys. is actually online at homeschoolpennsylvania.org. That whole website is the keys to homeschooling in digital form. So that were all. Those were all my questions for the day. I did want to mention. It is what's the date today? It's getting late, right? It's like the twenty something. Twenty. Second, or something, so we've got a few more days left until uh, returning homeschoolers have to have their affidavits in for the school year. Next week, I will be going over affidavits again and what are on the affidavits. You can check ours out at homeschoolpennsylvania.org, but I will specifically talk through it next week. And the week after that, I'm going to talk through objectives. And you may be like, well, that's after they're due. Well, it's after they're due for returning homeschoolers. And if you're a returning homeschooler, you probably have your affid- your objectives already. Uh, so it's a little bit late, but that new homeschoolers, if you're brand new, if you've never filed before, you do have until the beginning of school to file your affidavit. So I'm going to go over those two things the next two weeks in a thorough way so you know exactly what's on all those forms and how they should be used and all that stuff. And, um, otherwise if you're a returning homeschooler, uh, clock's ticking. Time to get that affidavit in there. School year started the beginning of July and, uh, all the forms and paperwork are due by August 1st, which is just like a week and a half away. So thanks for tuning in today. That's everything I have. I'll pop up our Contact form here one more time. So if you're interested in sending us a question, you have something I'd like to address on a chat with chap episode, I'd be happy to answer your questions. If you're listening to the podcast and you can't see the screen, the contact form is at chaponline.com slash contact dash U S. So you can go to chaponline.com and easily find the contact form. So thanks for tuning in today. I'm very glad to help you out with your questions. Post your questions below here if um, I didn't answer something 100%. And um, I will be seeing you next Wednesday at 1 when we talk about affidavits. Okay, have a great Wednesday. Bye.